You're listening to the Mini Market Podcast presented by Tellum Sports. Welcome back to the Mini Market Podcast. Three man weave again today. It is Dalton, Connor, and drum roll, please. Lucas makes his triumphant return. Lou. Alive and well. We lost you last week. You're back now. Hey, did you listen to the pod? Now you know. If you die, it's it's a good five minutes of poems and sadness, and then we're moving right on. How was it listening back? It was it was great. I really appreciate the uh, the odes. The poetry was phenomenal. So snaps all around to you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just felt a lot of love. I needed a little pick me ups on Monday morning, and and I sure got it. So I really appreciate it, fellas. Glad to be back. I uh, I'm sorry I had to step away. Um, I took myself on a little personal exile for a week because of my Byron Buxton take a few weeks back. Uh, he has clearly proved me semi wrong here. I'll get into semi wrong. Uh, what? He has been an absolute monster and an absolute pleasure to watch. Uh, I'd like to take a little credit for this, though. I mean, I lit. I think of course he you probably would. got out to him, <laughs> pat myself on the back here. Uh, I think it, you know, I, this was just the push he needed, you know, a little, little, little fire under him. But that being said, it's a long season. Guys go through ups and downs. <laughs> I, I'm, I love it if he would keep this up. As I said, he has only played over 80 games three times in his career so far. He, and guess what? He's already hurt again. We're 10 games into the season. He's already hurt. He's not officially on the injured list. I hope he's doing well. He's recovering. They're taking it easy. Thoughts and prayers. Smart. Thoughts and prayers, exactly. But I'm just saying it's a long season. I am not ready to flip on my take just yet. I, I got to think that um, Buxton probably has some bulletin board material from you uh, within his locker. I don't know if we could get a picture of Byron Buxton's locker, but... I got to think he probably has some some quotes from Lou uh, Lou dismantling him on how he's overrated. Um, here's a here's a quote. And that's, quote, he is terrible. That's what Lucas said at some point. <laughs> I think I, I believe I called him a liability as well. So, <laughs> so I got to think maybe he's now, got some printouts in the locker that. Uh, hey, man, whatever he's doing, it's working. He, I believe I saw a stat that he is, uh, he, I believe he's leading the league in war. So that's pretty sweet. Good for him. I'm glad I can help. Yeah, I think this is a good time to give. Uh, Henry, uh, who was on for that podcast, a slight shout out in the fact that he did come to Byron Buxton's defense, um, even created a fence knowing somebody was going to call him overrated. And uh, and so far, Henry's uh, you're looking pretty good, pal. So we're going to get into more, some more twins talk later. But uh, let's see the other other Minnesota sports. Lou, is there any Vikings news? Anything big going on in the Vikes land? Next week, we're going to do a big pre-draft pod the nfl drafts coming up but uh, anything in the meantime lou yeah i mean other than the draft there's not a ton of buzz going on with the vikes uh the only thing i saw was um a little blurb about michael pierce is actually he's really itching to get back into it uh he's been he's been following along he said he would uh he, it would kill him on sundays to watch the vikes get get shredded with their run defense and then uh he would just hop on the peloton and and hammer out a big ride for the whole game, he said. But uh, I guess he got a nutritionist. He got a personal trainer. 
uh, and he's been in great shape. So he's he's down weight. He's he said he's feeling fit. He's really excited to get back and play uh, next to the new uh, the new signing we got, Dalvin Tomlinson, as well as um, <clears throat> hopefully Daniel Hunter comes back healthy and ready to roll. Uh, Spielman actually said uh, it's pretty much like getting two more free agents in Hunter and Pierce both coming back since they were both pretty much. I think Hunter maybe Hunter didn't play at all last year, so yeah. Uh, so I'm excited. I mean, the defense is going to be pretty much bolstered with with those two guys coming back. We've got Dalvin Tomlinson, like I mentioned, and then uh, Xavier Woods added to the back end as well. That's a classic um, GM take is to like, oh, by the way, like um, it's basically like I added two more free agents this offseason. Yeah, so let's not forget great. that when it comes to uh, the, the 3% uh, inflation bumps this year. Okay, let's keep that in mind that it's basically like I brought back two extra free agents. So Yeah, with the cap issues that we're having. Yeah. So just remember that, Ziggy. I'm, <laughs> he's just putting that right to the top of the resume. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a classic uh, front office move to... Uh, to slide that little nugget in there. I remember when AP came into the league, I think it was before his first season, one of the vets asked him, like, how do you feel? And AP was like, oh, I feel great. I'm ready to go. They're like, that'll be the last time you feel great in your NFL career just because of the toll it takes on, you know, running backs, guys in the trenches. So a full season off for a D tackle, that might actually, you know, he might come in feeling good, a full year to rest. He, he could... I don't, I guess, hold on. I don't even know where I'm going with this, but, uh, beep, boop, 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 beep, boop, boop. kind of going back Lou to, you were talking about him getting on the Peloton. I think that's kind of a fun, a, a little funny image to just see this guy. Like he's like, I bet massive, I like 350 think, pounder. Yeah. yeah. I like to think he's just pounding it out on those pedals, like all his frustration and he's just grinding. And there's some guy in his like late seventies who just got a Peloton. He's hopping in the group. And he just sees this Michael Pierce, you know, you tracker and thing just flying off the charts. And he's just out for a Sunday stroll on the old Peloton bike up in, I don't know, New Jersey in the winter sometimes. So it's kind of a funny visual just see this massive dude hop on the Peloton and just start grinding during the whole Vikings game. I'm throwing the challenge flag on that. Three hours on the Peloton. Doubt it. Right? Yeah. You're going to have some beefy legs coming back. Three hours on the Peloton. (laughs) You know who didn't go on the Peloton? Pat Williams. All right, Williams Wall, baby. Throwback to a couple episodes, but we need more guys like that. Okay, Michael Pierce. (laughs) So, Connor, what about your Wild? They've had a couple nice Ws this past week. They've been looking good. How are you feeling as a Wild fan? Literally the hottest ticket in town right now. I mean, the Wild are... Are the cream of the crop. That is the best sport we have right now in Minnesota. Um, the Wild are playing well. I mean, they're coming off of sweep of the San Jose Sharks. They are nestled into third place in the Honda West Division um, with 57 points. They're 13 points above the fifth place team, um, the San St. Louis Blues, who interestingly enough just uh, swept the Wild the weekend before. And for some of us out there, that swept cost us a little extra. Uh, on the old FanDuel sports betting book in, uh, in Iowa, uh, that late second goal or that late, uh, late goal in regulation, late goal in OT really screwed the pooch for me on a parlay bet that would have been nice. But overall, I mean, the Wild are, are, are playing really good. They look like they, they're, they're pretty, pretty revved up, ready to go for the playoffs. Uh, the division in general is kind of taking shape. 
I would say pretty similar to what the experts anticipated with the exception of St. Louis. I mean, I think they thought it was going to be the wild and Arizona battling for that fourth spot, but with the wild having a 12 point lead on Arizona and 13 point lead on St. Louis with only 13 games to go, it kind of looks like the wild have secured that third spot and it's going to come down to Arizona, St. Louis duking it out for who gets to lose to Colorado in the first round, which is kind of fun. Um, so that means who would the Wild then, play in the first round? So then the Wild would play Vegas, which we all know the Wild have actually had pretty good luck against Vegas. So that, that leads me to my next point. I'm feeling pretty good about this potential first-round matchup. I will say Vegas and Colorado are only separated by two points. Um, the Wild are done playing the Avs, so I hope the Avs just win out, basically, is my goal. Um the one thing that I would like to see is if the Wild, the Wild are five points behind Vegas right now. Is Vegas is at 62 and Colorado's at 64 as we record the pod. And we really could use Vegas slipping. If the Wild can move into the two spot, we have a 17 and four record at home this year. For whatever reason, Mama's home cooking is working for the Wild this year. So if we could, and also with fans coming back into the X, slash fans going back into um, Vegas's home arena. I would like to play in Minnesota because Vegas's arena kind of gets rocking. And I think Minnesota fans do a good job, especially in the playoffs of getting, uh, getting the energy behind the boys. So I'd love to see him move into the two spot, but I'm comfortable in the three spot. I think if we can stay there and Vegas is the two seed, I like the first round matchup. The Wild have played really good against, against the Knights this year. We're four, one and one against them. Um, so that's great. And then, yeah, other than that, I think it was interesting to see the Wild not make moves at the deadline. Um, I did hear some some talk from Billy Guerin on the fact that he's not really willing to mortgage the Wild's future to, like, go all in. Um, I don't know if that's every year or if that's just this year. I kind of think this year. But I know that it's kind of – we've talked about this on the podcast before. Of You kind of want these – these GMs to be guys who are in it for the long haul. Like you want to build the dynasty. We don't just want to go to the playoffs for one year. And I will say the wild did have a little bit of a dynasty there when we were in high school and college, like, I don't know, 10 years ago to like four years ago where they were going to the playoffs every year. They, they were rarely winning series, unfortunately, but they were always kind of in the hunt and ready to go. And I think not making a move at the deadline was actually a smart choice by Bill Guerin, unless there was something where we could have moved the contract off the books and, and taking a draft pick, but that was pretty rare. It looked like this year, and we didn't really have a ton of cap space to make a big move and lose draft capital. So overall, I think it makes sense to stay where we are, keep our draft picks we have and move forward with this team. Um, I think generally speaking, everyone um, says if the wild won more than one series in the playoffs this year, that would be icing on the cake. I think where this team's at, we're kind of building towards something. And I think next year with the addition of, you know, Matt Boldy and uh, hopefully Marco Rossi and some of those younger guys, we'll really have a chance to make a push next year with some good young core talent. And then with the combination of having some good back and defensemen. So overall, I think it kind of tells Bill Guerin by not making a move kind of lets us know where things are at a little bit. Like this isn't a Stanley cup likely season, but if we stumble onto it, Hey, good on us so i'm excited go wild baby let's keep trucking along 13 games to go and then we're into the playoffs and uh all bets are off then so just got to get one of our goalies hot baby i will say 
one thing with the wild i still love watching kaprizov play he's just as electric as when he debuted and kind of had his coming out part of that like he's just so electric on the ice i love it yeah there has been no slump you kind of wonder when these guys break out right away if how they'll handle it when teams are more scheming for them and kind of adjusting to this new player in the league but it's full steam ahead for him every game he's putting out highlights Connor, I had one thing about the the trades. Didn't uh, Garen say he wasn't going to deal draft picks because like Paul Fenton and the GM before him had been big on dumping draft picks. So the Wild sort of had a a bare cupboard for quite a few years as far as prospects go. Yeah, for sure. And that that was kind of the biggest point that he made when when saying like he's not about to mortgage the future Um, because Paul Fenton. Um, while he did do some like decent things kind of in retrospect, like bringing in Kevin Fiala obviously was a great move, but, um, he did mortgage our future quite a few times with giving up high end draft picks. And that's tricky because then the wild were, like you said, the the cupboards were a little bare there for a while. And the whole goal, like it made sense at the time. I think the wild were bringing in guys at the deadline to help us try to win a Stanley cup. It's just we never got there. We kept losing to the Blackhawks, it seemed like, every single year. And then one year we get matched up with the Avs, we win. And then the second round we lose to the Blackhawks. Like, for whatever reason, we just couldn't get get through. And and in, in, in attempting to do so, we pretty much scrapped what we had in draft picks and that sort of thing. And a lot of times people are looking at it like, well, if we move this draft pick, we're trying to get the number one pick. So, or we're trying, sorry, we're trying to win, win the Stanley cup. And if we give up the 30th pick, who cares? But when you lose in the first round and it ends up being, you know, a low twenties pick, you kind of start looking around like, Hmm, that would maybe be nice to have. There's a little bit more we could do with that pick. So, you know, it's, it's tough, but I do think that's the right approach right now. Garen is to save picks. Let's build up the farm system. And even if we do take picks now and then we use them as assets later to trade, that's fine. But at least we have the ammunition of draft picks and young people to trade. Or maybe they just develop into stars or at least solid players. And then the Wild are good either way. He's been doing uh, taking a Spielman crash course there, keeping all the draft picks. Yeah, the Wild are a little different than the Vikings that way. <laughs> so let's hop over to the Wolves quickly. Not a ton going on in Wolves land, but the Wolves are no longer the worst team in the NBA. So claps all around oh, oh. for the Wolves franchise. They uh, beat the the Heat this week, and doing so, they passed the Houston Rockets and are now the 29th best team in the NBA. So that... <laughs> no longer the basement dwellers. Hey, Rockets, turn off the lights when you're down there, okay? <laughs> yeah, they're like they're a little. They're two and a half games behind Orlando, or excuse me, they're two and a half games behind Detroit, three and a half games behind Orlando. So they have a little bit of cushion there. They're probably not going to pass either of those teams, uh, at least in the next week or two. So as long as the Wolves end up in the bottom three teams. They'll be all right. And honestly, even if they win and get to the fourth worst team, the bottom three teams have a 14% chance at the number one pick. The fourth worst team has a 12.5% chance. So it's pretty similar. And the odds are stacked against them either way. It's more likely that the Wolves lose their pick than they keep it. So I'd say win away. Because then if you lose your pick and it ends up being like the sixth or seventh pick, that hurts a lot less than it being the fourth overall pick. 
And one thing I want to say, I know a lot of people haven't been watching the Timberwolves because they've been in the basement of the NBA for the entire season. But if, if you have, you know that the Wolves have a legitimate NBA coach now. Chris Finch is a good NBA coach. Spicy. He might not be the best in the league, but he is certainly above average. And you watch him coach, he's, he's doing a lot of things that are, you're like, wow, that was cool. That was unique. I haven't seen things like that. These different schematics. When we were watching early in the season with Ryan Saunders, it was like, I don't, the guys don't really know what they're doing out there. They look like they're just sort of floating around. It's been fun to watch. And Chris Finch is legitimately out coaching other NBA coaches at the end of games. And it's leading to Timberwolves wins. I mean, the Wolves, the Wolves are eight and 11 since the all-star break. So they've been not outstanding, but that's a lot better than whatever they were before the All-Star break. I mean, yeah, they're winning, they're winning games, and they just weren't doing that under Ryan Saunders. And like, it's, just like you said, at the end of games, it's really fun to watch him. Like he, just, he just plays mental chess with the other coach. Like he, he's just picking and choosing his moments. He's using decoys, and he's getting other guys involved that Saunders like never did so it's it's just fun to see like even though they're still not great there's it's just there's a step up like you're saying exactly they're they're eight and eleven since the break like i said they're five and four in games where cat and d both played so that gives people hope for next season it's, it's going to be interesting to see what they do in the off season. i feel like these last 15 games are sort of a tryout for some of the guys that are sort of on that middle tier toward the bottom of the pecking order to see are these players we want to keep around guys like Jarrett Culver, Jared Vanderbilt, Jalen Noel, even Ricky Rubio, you know, are, are these guys that are going to be in the 2021-22 plans or are they going to be shipped out? Because as the roster currently stands, they're probably not going to have enough cap room to even sign a rookie draft pick. So some moves are going to need to be made if they do end up keeping their pick. But that's all I've got for the Wolves. Yeah, one little piece I'll jump in on and add to is over the last 10 games, the Wolves are four and six. And just looking at the Western Conference, the Rockets are one and nine, Thunder are one and nine, Kings are one and nine. So it kind of feels like the Wolves are trending in the right direction now that we seem to be getting guys healthy. And kind of what you were saying, um, Dalton, about having a good coach, having D'Lo and Cat both playing together, they were, were, were playing better. So that's fun. It's good to see. I'm hoping that that is the trend that we'll carry into next year. And honestly, don't look now. I'm slightly excited for the offseason because I think the, the Wolves will have some moves to be made, you know, especially if they can keep that first draft pick. There, there, there's going to be some options there um, on, on what we can do next off or sorry, this offseason to uh, to bolster the roster and maybe make a make a push for the eight seed next year. That's what we're going Boom. for, baby. Well, you, the push you for the eight seed. You mentioned trending. The Wolves won their last game. Sacramento Kings, Oklahoma City, both lost their last nine. And the Rockets lost their last five. Talk about a bad streak of basketball. Yeah, I wow. would never want to be a Rockets fan. That would be f- miserable. Could you imagine being the worst team in the NBA right now? <laughs> At this point in the season? Oh, God, what a kick in the shorts that would be. And to have such little success over the recent history and then to be the worst team in the NBA today, oh, no thanks. No thanks. Enjoy your humidity, Houston. (laughs) And the cheating Astros. Great segue. The cheating Astros to the losing and sick Minnesota Twins. 
<laughs> so we're recording this on Sunday, and both Saturday and Sunday's games against the Angels were postponed because of a COVID outbreak in the Twins clubhouse. Uh, last week, Andrelton Simmons tested positive for COVID, and now there's been sort of a, a separate outbreak, and they're doing contact tracing. So they had to delay both of those games, and I'm not sure when those will be made up. But the uh, the Twins are are sick, and uh, you know their performance has not been sick in terms of it has not been good. They are six and eight in their first 14 games. I think that's a little slower start than we all would have liked. Lucas, how are you feeling about the Twins? I mean, there's obviously some bright spots, but yeah, they're just, they're not winning as many games as like you, you'd like to see them win. I mean, we ran into Boston. That was a tough, uh, tough little four game skid. I guess we won one of them, but um, I mean, it's just, we're winning some games that, that we'd like to see one. But the thing that baffles me too, is like the, remember the Tigers win early on 15 to six, we were just dominating in all facets of the game pretty much. And then we go and lose four, three the next day. And I'm like, ah, I just don't understand. Like when you have a team down like that, I know exactly because baseball is any given day, any person, any team can win, but I don't know. I'd like to see them put it together a little bit. I'm hoping like all these guys are streaky. So I'm hoping that they all get streaky at the right time and kind of put something together here. So I don't know. It's early. It's early. Remember? Yeah, I was, I'm just kind of looking holistically too. So obviously we put out our kind of preseason uh, prospectus for what we, we think will happen for the twins. And then also we kind of did a playoff scenario for the American and national league. And I got to tell you, if you would have told me 14 games into the season that we'd have the red Sox leading the East the Royals leading the Central and the Angels leading the West, I would have been baffled. Now, all right, case be told, there's 162 games. We're not even 10% through the season, so there's a lot left to go. But it is, it is pretty crazy to see where things are at. The Yankees are 5-9 and nine last place. I think everyone in our group picked them to win the Eastern uh, yeah. or sorry the AL East and then I'll gladly get that one wrong though if, if oh, that, that would be a delight yeah if, wouldn't hate that I would love to see the O's somehow pull out of that area um, I mean seven and eight right now better than twins so but yeah I mean as far as the twins go yeah it's been it's been a little frustrating it feels like there's just we're not putting together complete games we'll have like little spots here and there we'll we'll, we'll have some good stuff like I mean even I know there was a lot of talk uh, locally about the Pineda start and then he goes seven, you know, nearly perfect innings and then gets pulled. And then Hansel Robles, Robles comes in and um, doesn't exactly do super great. And that game, we ended up winning that game, if I'm not mistaken. Am I thinking of the right game? Did we win? Was that the game we walked off? Yeah. yeah walked off. Yeah. We end up. Yeah. So we end up having a walk off winner in that game, but. I mean, still just to, that's kind of been how the twin season have been going. Like things will be good for a little stretch, even within the game. And then things will sputter out of control for a little while. And so just kind of getting our arms around that a little bit. Yeah, I know we've talked at length about the new bullpen additions in the back end, and it's a little scary. I mean, these guys are, we were all optimistic about them and then they're not looking quite as sharp as I was hoping to see. So that's hopefully they can 
tighten the screws a little bit here and figure it out but it's a little it's a little nerve-wracking to see these guys that we were really hoping to, to shine and take the next step forward for the the team are not exactly performing up to par right now speaking of that uh that seems like a good transition and uh we'll maybe hand the ball off to dalton here to uh kind of talk us through randy dobnek's demise his demise. I, wow. Okay. I don't know if I would have called it a demise, but all right. See you, Randy. Your <laughs> career's over. <laughs> yeah. Hope he's still got the Uber app. <laughs> but yeah, I think, uh, you know, before the season, I'll put my hand up and admit that I was, you know, riding front car of the, the Randy Dobnik hype train. I think we were all sort of on the. You get one like on Twitter from his dad and you're just all aboard. <laughs> Doot, doot. Well, we I think we all thought, you know, he was looking great in spring training. For sure. The talk of the yeah. twins circles was his new slider. It was, you know, effective. He was striking guys out like never before in spring training. He had a, a 19 to 0 strikeout to walk ratio in like 15 spring training innings. So Dobnik was looking awesome. We thought, you know, maybe this would be the year he breaks out and he sort of grabs hold of a rotation spot and sort of st- sits at that bottom end of the rotation for the next five years for the twins. But things have gone south quickly for our friend Randy Dobnik. So he's appeared in four games this season. He's given up a run in all four games. He has an ERA of 11.88, which is terrible by any any stretch of the imagination. Again, it's early. It's four games, but he's looked really, really bad. Um, I'm going to have a, a piece coming out, actually, about Randy Dobnik, a little bit of an analysis on what has gone wrong with, with Randy. And by the early looks, it looks like he's just not locating his sinker. If you look at a, a heat map of where he throw, threw his sinker last year versus where he's throwing it this year, this year, the hot zone is dead center. It's thigh high, middle of the plate. <laughs> I mean, he's got a good sinker. He, that's what got him to the MLB, but... No matter how much it moves, no matter how hard you throw it, if you're throwing it thigh high to MLB hitters, it's going to get hit. And that's exactly what's been happening. It makes me optimistic because, I mean, he's a sinker ball guy. I trust that he can figure out, you know, make tweaks to whatever's going wrong and begin locating his sinker again. But he's been... Yeah, seems like an easy, like, adjustment for him. Right, yeah. It's not like, oh, you know, his spin rate on his change up is off and you're like what how what's going on like everything looks decent but his sinker location has just been bad and nine of his 14 hits this year have come off of his sinker or nine of 14 opponents hits have come off of Dobnik's sinker so he's getting beat on his sinker his slider his change up both look similar to how they looked last year so hopefully he comes around but yeah it's been a been a tough time for our guy Randy I was really high on him I think everyone on the pod was at least For feeling sure. decent about him coming into the year, but it's it's been ugly so far. Yeah, speaking of um, spin rates and location and movement, and um, Tortuga's a pitcher. Who knew? Who knew, baby? You see him drop that 46-mile-an-hour whatever pitch he threw in there? Man, right down the middle. He was throwing pitches that were too slow for StatCast, which is MLB's advanced analytics cameras that are in every stadium. His pitches were too slow to register spin rates and things like that, which I just found hilarious. I think it's so, like, I just love it when position players go out there because it's like they just tell them, like, don't even try to throw hard. Like, don't just 
they'll get themselves out. If they hit a home run, who cares? Most of the time they don't though. They get like, they just go up and they get guys out because it's such a big difference. It's like, this guy's throwing a ball that doesn't move. It's just like, I'm actually like, can take a breath and blink my eyes before these guys, like the ball's even out of his hand yet. And it's just so funny to see like the best hitters just get baffled by these these guys who are just lobbing it over the plate. Well, it's funny because when you watch, when you think of like batting practice, I feel like in high school or something, like your batting practice, they're just kind of like easing it in there. But when you watch MLB batting practice, those guys are humming it. They're throwing they it like it. 85 yeah, miles it. an hour. Like it's coming in hard. So for a position player, if they were throwing hard, it would probably be more like a batting practice speed. But when they come in and they're, it's just arcing right. to home plate, it really messes with the hitter's timing. Yeah, I think um, I actually had a couple key takeaways being the pitcher <laughs> in the group. Um, I, I didn't think he really commanded the mound super well, which I think is one thing I, I definitely would say he could work on. Um, Anybody who knows anything about Gustavus pitching, one of the key things that they talk a lot about is glove side. And I think if I'm watching a clip right now, it's horrible. I need to see glove to target, chest to glove. Okay, Tortuga, I hope you're listening. There's more. Next, the lower half. There's a lot more. There's a lot left in the tank that I'm seeing on Tortuga. I, I could see some movement. I could see some different things coming if we use our lower half. Um, but it's not just him. I got to look at the catcher. I'd like to see the catcher work a little back there. Let's frame some of these pitches. I know they're coming in slow, but that should be easier to frame then with your strong wrists and whatnot. But I'm, I'm just not seeing the catcher really working for Tortuga, which is a little disappointing, I would say, when a guy's out there just busting his ass, giving it everything he's got, and you're not getting the same reciprocation from your catcher. It's frustrating. Um, and the last, the last kind of point I had is the irony of his nickname being Tortuga and then throwing 46 miles an hour. And I saw a bunch of stuff on Twitter about like slow and steady wins the race. Um, so the old wise tale there, that was pretty funny, but overall, yeah, it was, I, it's never, I don't know. It's always kind of fun to see a, a position player throw, but it also sucks because it's usually because you're down and you're on short rest. You're the, the guys, there's no innings left in the bullpen, really. So you're in a bad spot. Yeah, it's yeah. not a good situation to be in, but it's always kind of fun as a fan to see them get a guy out there. And just the way that Tortuga did it, where he just was basically not even going through the motions. Um, yeah, it's kind of funny, but also it led to a twin loss. So it's kind of a kind of a letdown, too. I think this probably solidifies him as maybe the greatest utility man of all time. He's played literally every position on the field, except maybe center field, I think. Yeah. And probably shortstop, but well, and to also, I mean, he did have a scoreless inning. So kind of to bring it full circle back here is Randy Dobnik on the hot seat after Tortuga showing some, <laughs> some life on the mound. <laughs> Dalton is beside himself. Oh, <laughs> uh, all, all kidding, of course. All kidding. I think they should have a foot race to see who who's the last arm in the bullpen. <laughs> Dude, Randy might lose that. Tortuga's kind of quick. Just another way to get Buxton injured. So Luke, yeah. right? <laughs> he now has throwing problems because he won the race to be the last reliever in the bullpen. So I've got I've got one more thing. I was thinking about the slow start to the Twins season, and I was like, 
All right. How, how can I, how can I sort of convince myself that this isn't a problem? So I began thinking, I was like, a baseball season is kind of like you're studying climate change. Edgy, edgy. Uh-oh. Oh boy, buckle up. <laughs> political. Okay, maybe not climate change. How about you're just studying the climate? I'm kidding. I like it. I like it. I like it. Oh, there we go. Here we go. Much better. So if you're studying like climate, you don't care about a specific day's weather. Like, a, like weather is just noise in climate. It's kind of like, you, you know, if it's a really cold day or something in july and then you've, you've got that uncle or grandpa who's like oh yeah global warming huh it's like well no that's that's not really how this works <laughs> <laughs> you know you're looking at over the the long time frame of like okay on average now temperatures are a little bit higher and i feel like that's sort of how a baseball season is you don't look at a particular game and you're like oh nelson cruz went over three oh he sucks you know or jose barrios got shelled you're looking at it over the long span of things like there are going to be some weeks a little hotter than normal some weeks a little colder than normal so i like to tell myself this is just one of those cold weeks this is a good twin squad overall the climate's hot in minnesota baby the, the twins are all right and we're going to be okay it's just one of those cold spells whatever helps you sleep at night don't This is Yale's fight song because Dalton nerd for comparing baseball to climate. <laughs> bula bula. I thought he, I thought he did a pretty good job. He worked in hot and cold there. That's pretty good, you know. Hey, that was clever. I liked it, but I just Dalton wearing his Yale shirt today, and then when he brought up climate change, I was like nerd alert. So, hold up the fight song. Overall, I think it's actually a pretty good comparison. Baseball's a long season. And you can't just look at it through the lens of a few games. That's just, it's not realistic. Things are going to change over time. So hmm. I like that, uh, that seems to line up with my Byron Buxton argument. I'm just going to say, just want to bring that full circle here. Yeah, save the audio. Just kidding. Byron, keep doing you, man. Keep doing you. I hope you prove me wrong. I hope you prove Here's me wrong. Here's a question, wrong. Lou. You're running a hundred yard dash against Byron Buxton. How many yards head start do you need to still win? 90. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's weak. I wouldn't even take 90. And I'm the right. I, I think guy. I would like to say 50, but I, I think he would still smoke me at 50. I'm trying to think of who I would put my money on if you were standing at the 50 and he were standing at an at one of the end zones and you were racing to the other end zone. I think my money would still be on you. It I think maybe like, like 30 yards yeah, would be sure. the would be Ooh. the cutoff. Think about it's like basically almost a, it's just a little more than lose 40 versus his hundred yard. So like his sixty is what like I bet six point. It's gotta be five or six, six point right? four. I don't know what's really good. Whatever it is, that's Byron Buxton's. I'm gonna guess six point five. That's let's say if that's his sixty, so he's gonna run it a hundred yards in like ten seconds. How fast? How many yards can Lou run in ten seconds? Is kind of what I'm thinking. Because if let's say your forty is even slow, it's like five eight. I'd say you probably only need a 30, 40 yard, probably a 40 yard head start. Boom. Look at that. Do I get to train? Numbers. I don't know if those numbers all check out. So if somebody's at home like, ah, oh, that doesn't make any sense, you're a nerd too. So get off my back. I appreciate the faith in me, fellas, though. I, I really do. I honestly think Isaiah could probably go from the 30. And so he goes 70 in Buxton's 100. And Isaiah maybe edges them out. I'm gonna put you both at the 40, and I'll go at the 45. So the other 45. 
No, the near 45. People, come on. I, I give five yards head start. I'm just, this is just bringing me flashbacks. You remember the guy, uh, the freeze, I think he was called for. I think it was the Braves who yes, raced that fans. Was, that was prime time. The track. electric. Oh, man. I'm like the guy who's like, I'm leading and then like I'm trying to pump the crowd up and then he just eats it as the freeze runs right by him. Being that freeze guy would be so fun <laughs> because his, well, first of all, like he's like kind of low key fun to watch run, you know, cause he's got like his body is, it's so simple movements. Like it's just like flying across. Right. Yeah. And then like, his head just stays so level that when he moves by, like I would love to just see him like slowly rotate <laughs> his head towards the guy and stare him down and just blow past him. Oh, that was, that was, you're right. That was elite level TV. Jeez, Delta, are you sweating heavily right now? Oh my gosh. He's, it's a dark navy <laughs> blue and I can see those pit stains from miles. Wow. Exposed. Oh, it's Randy neck talk. Not heavy, Ooh. man. I was just thinking about sprinting 70 yards and it got me all sweaty. <laughs> yeah. How many hammies do we pull as a group if we actually run that? Isaiah's done. Isaiah actually, yeah, he, he would need. He would have to start on the opposite 20 just because 20 is about as far as he could go before the hammy gives out. Um, So that's too bad. Yeah, yeah. He's not even here to defend himself, which is a little bit of a I like the dynamic of this group, though, you know? I was gone. Got a lot of love. Him. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Whatever. Pile on, He was like, this is working out exactly how I hope. (laughs) I think with that, we're going to move on to some trivia, and Isaiah is joining us for our trivia segment. Welcome back. All right, it is time. We're bringing back top 20 trivia. Today, Connor is the host. So Lucas, Isaiah, and myself, we will be guessing. Um, Every correct answer is worth two points. If you get one wrong, you're not out yet. Every correct answer after that is worth one. If you get two wrong for a given list, you are out. So, Connor, take it away. Okay, so this week we are going to do Minnesota Vikings career passing leaders. So we'll give you a, a minute here to think of some, maybe jot some down before we before we dive in. It's fun to think back on all the uh, illustrious careers under under center we have. If we even had twenty quarterbacks. <laughs> We're digging deep into the archives for this. We're going to be digging deep. <laughs> All righty. So order-wise, I think we're going to start with Isaiah, Dalton, then Lucas. Are we ready, fellas? Let's get this fight going. All right. Are you ready to trivia? All right, Isaiah. First up, top 20 passing career yards. I'm going to go Fran Tarkington. That is correct. Number one all time. Uh, Dalton. Dante Culpepper. That is correct. Number three all time. I'll go Kirk Cousins. That is correct, Lucas. We have number four all time. It's a guy you could start a franchise around. That's what I'm saying. All right, back to Isaiah. 
five, four. Brad Johnson. Nice, nice. That pick. is correct. Nice uh, pick. <laughs> six all time. Six. He's number six Jeez. all time. Six really all time. Oh, really boy. <laughs> all right, here we go. Dirty D. Dalton. Let's try Christian Ponder. Oh, that is correct. It has to be. Let's go. So so nine so all time. He was just around nine long enough. Time. So sad. First give me, round pick. Uh, Lucas. Give me Sam Bradford. Sammy B. That is correct. Number 14 all time. Wow. We have a tie. Everyone's at four. Coming to the third pass around here. The third lap, if you will. Isaiah, you're up. Uh, <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater. No, that can't... is correct. Yeah. Bro, you're sweating bullets time. over there. I mean, we're all down time. to it here, boys. Well done. All right, next, Dalton. This is... I... Hmm. Five. Brett Favre. Only that is correct. Number eight to. all yeah. time. Number really? Eight. He was only there for two years. I <laughs> thought he'd maybe be like all 20. time. Right ahead of Christian Ponder. Now that's good company. Jesus. Oh. All righty. Nobody's got... got one wrong yet. Here we go, Louie. Give me T-Jack, Tavares Jackson. You got it. Number 15 yeah. all time, wow. Tavares Jackson. I even wrote his name as T-Jack. So, Lucas, nice. nice job. And we got that's a two points then, right? six all R. still. We're six all. Did he die? And I missed no, that. Sorry, I he know, did. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, Wait, what? rest in peace. Sir. Car accident like a year ago. But oh my goodness, I didn't know. Uh, let's uh, should we have a moment of silence before this last round so Isaiah can think of a couple more? Thank you. And we're back. Okay, Isaiah, starting the fourth lap here. Uh, go ahead. Um, as this list is developing, Three, I'm like, two, one, uh, uh, Warren Moon. Ding, ding, ding. Number seven <laughs> of all time sneaks it in under the wire. That's a good name. That's why I remember that one. That's, That's a, a sweet name. name. All right. Dalton is up I'll next. Keep, I'll Still keep no it in that area. I believe Randall Cunningham played for the Vikings. That is correct. Dalton gets another good one. There. Good one. So we are, uh, we're still, we've yet to miss. Lucas, you're next. I'm going to go Gus Farratt. 19th all Good time. Uh, that was my next yeah. name I had. Oh, nice man. work, Lucas. So we Big have gone, boy, Gus. what do we have? Four laps around the track here. 12 off the board, yet to get one wrong. Isaiah back at it here. Uh, Matt Castle. Oh, that is our first him. wrong answer. No. Whoa. Wow. Matt Castle comes in at number 22 all time. He was so close. <laughs> Just knocking on the door with 112 yards. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> on to Dalton. Let's try Archie Manning. Archie Manning is incorrect. Oh. You put forget right. he was a Vike. I thought he might sneak in there. Where did he fall? Is he like way down on the list? I don't know how many seasons he played. He is not in the top 30. That is for certain. I, I think he that. played for the Vikings. Uh, real close though, right? though. Oh, he is 31. So just out of it. Yep, 31 all time. Right ahead all of right, Brooks Bollinger. I don't think anybody was going to guess him, so I feel comfortable saying that name. 
Well, not anymore, I'm not. <laughs> All right, Lucas. Give me, give me Joe Webb. Joe Webb is also incorrect. So we all now Didn't have he only one start run. in a playoff game? That's I mean, you know, those we're yards count. down to it here. I'm okay, so we're names. all down to uh, to single points on any points scored here going forward. We currently have 12 off the board, 8 remaining. What's the highest rank remaining? Number 2 all time is remaining, <laughs> as well as number 5. What are we doing here? I think I got this one. Is it my turn? I think I got this one. Isaiah, you are leading off here. Okay, we're going legend. Shout out Pops. Probably talked about him. That's why it's in my brain. Tommy Kramer. That is correct. Ike takes number 2, Tommy Kramer, off the board for one point. That is one you would have kicked yourself. I think we all agree if no one got that. Yeah, yeah. As You're welcome, the guys. Home. All right, Dalton's up next. Here we go. Two. Sage Rosenfels. That is incorrect. Dalton oh, is good. That was my next guess. <laughs> Dalton wow. is eliminated. All right, Lucas, to tie up Isaiah and keep it rolling. I'm going to go Case Keenum. That is correct. Number oh, 18 oh. all time. That's a good one, Lou. Nice. nice one, Lou. Just the one season, though, right? So that's why I was holding off on him. How did he do it? I, th I think he did play a decent amount of backup roles. Let's see. Nope, one season, just a heck of a season. Just a good Number year. Number 18 wow. all time. Now they start to get tough. How many more do we have? There, let's see, one, two, three. Two Six many. left on the board. Six I'm going to be impressed board. if you guys get any. So, I'm fully shocked that Sage wasn't on there. Yeah, Sage, it is. Sage, great color too. Um, I'm thinking outside the box, I'm thinking something chunky, something hearty, something filling. Five, I'm going with four. Mama. Three. McNabb. I'm going to Campbell's Chunky one. Soup. Donovan McNabb. That is incorrect. Ah, I was pissed if Donovan McNabb was on the list and not Sage. <laughs> so Lucas with a chance to move up here and uh, take the lead. All right. I got one here in the holster, one in the chamber. Kerry Collins. Kerry Collins is incorrect. Dang. So, ah. um, the, 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 that. That ends this round, I think. Let's see. I'll total up the points. I believe it's seven to seven to six with Dalton in third place. Um, the ones we missed were Will Wade, played from mm. 81 to 91. So a long mm. career here, but not a big name. This one, maybe we could have got Rich Gannon, played for five mm. years here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Joe Cap, Steve Dills. Jeff George was kind of a sneaky one. I feel like we all know the name. but uh, And then the last one is Gary Cuzo. So I was not surprised that those ones were left on the board. I thought maybe we would sneak into Rich Cannon, but... Over My guy Bill Kappelman didn't make it? Come on. Bill Cap didn't, unfortunately. <laughs> Cap is seven yards. <laughs> no cap. Okay, yeah. So the score is Isaiah, seven. Lucas seven and dalton six so that does it for this week's mini market podcast thanks everybody for tuning in come back next week it's going to be a vikings heavy draft preview podcast we're hyped we're ready to go it's draft season baby skull peace bye
I'll never get those 20 minutes back in my life. Tell them sports, T-E-L-L-E-M.